0: Here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Those of you who have uh, listened uh, in the past, uh, or maybe if you're just listening now, this will be news. But in any event, uh, when you go to that, uh, that location, www.centerlefttalkradio.com, you will be at our homepage on our, on our website Big picture of a a microphone there uh, on the top of it. It's the same microphone I'm speaking on right now. Um, And then there are two links immediately below. The first is the podcast link. That's the way many of you may be listening to this show right now. But the second is something called our radio loop. And the radio loop is, exactly as it sounds, uh, a version of this show being played in a loop on a separate computer here in the studio, that basically, um, well, it's it's kind of the way radio works. It's go ahead, access that loop, and rather than turning on a dial like you would on an analog, good old-fashioned radio, and there's plenty of those in all sorts of locations, I think. Automobiles are one of them, although few of them have dials, most of them have buttons of some sort. But uh, if you had a radio with a knob, you'd turn that knob and whatever you were listening to would come on. If, if it's a talk show, it's at whatever point the show is going. Well, that's what the radio loop is all about with center-left radio. You will pick up the show at whatever point it happens to be at that moment and enjoy it in a very analogish, um, memory-laden sort of way. Well, for a few moments anyway, while you, while you, while you sort of bask in the notion of your analog capabilities or remember how it was, but then hopefully uh, all that will matter will be the show. But if you get to the end of it and you feel like listening to more, stick around because the show will start again from the beginning, immediately thereafter. Radio Loop or podcast, take your choice. We're glad to have you with us on this, the 24th day of January in the year 2023. I speak to you from a location that has yet to have um, measurables. Well, no, I, I can't say that. Here in the lower Hudson Valley, uh, not too far. I mean, actually, during the winter, I can look at the I can look at the uh, what was the Tappan Z, now the Mario Cuomo Bridge. Uh, I can see the uh, the beautiful high pilings that go up the support structures, uh, day and night. It's either the uh, the uh, the halogen beams or the, uh, the, the the red beams that you see at night which obviously the color red uh, having the longest throw, as it were, the longest visible wavelength, you could see it from the furthest distance as well. So you have red lights at night, and I think there's like six of them or eight of them up there on the two sets of towers and uh, you know, and the halogens during the day. And uh, it's just, it's, it's a place that's been amazingly, snow free uh, this winter. We, I, I, I say that here. Now I know that in New York City there has been officially no measurable snow. There was one morning about uh, it had to be it was before Christmas. Uh, but we got up one morning and yes, I know I had to I opened up the trunk of the car because I had to brush, I had to brush the snow off of the car and the windshield. There wasn't much. It was maybe uh, about, uh, I'm going to guess, maybe an inch or two that might have been there. And I I, I basically started the car up and just left it on its own for a while and, 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 and let a lot of it melt off. That was the extent of our experience with snow this season. There really wasn't even an issue. It, it, it never really showed up on the roads. It was on the car, it began to melt. It had been very cold that week, I remember that. So we, we had that experience, but it's been, I don't wanna say, is it is weird the word I'm looking for? this This snowlessness? Yeah, that's the word. That that's the word. This this is this is strange, and 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 there's this constant feeling. Of of course, the the, the media is, is so much a part of this also. Uh, Talking about how we have here in the New York area uh, now hit the point where we are tied for the second longest recorded period between uh, measurable snow. We're up around 320 something days right now. Well, it's going to take us another 10 days to get to the all-time record. Will we make it? Well, you know, you know th- th- this this kind of a uh, uh, silliness. Uh, uh, it 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 makes for I guess you know uh, audience engagement, some level of of curiosity. It's 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 stupid. It, it it's it's dumbness. It, but there's I think more than anything else, there's this sense. <laughs> you know, be, being a New Yorker. Uh, there's always this sense that there, when will the other shoe drop is kind of the way we think about things. Uh, it can't go on well forever. There's always going to be a yin to the yang and vice versa. And if it's been so great and wonderful, my God, sooner or later we're going to see the other side of this. It, it, it comes with the territory in being uh, of this location, and 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 it's 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 sort of uh, I, I don't I don't know how else to put it. It's just the nature of being a New Yorker. You you know that something can't go on perfectly for any great period of time. There's always going to be something that could go wrong. Now. Uh, we had, I had, a, a major confirmation of that sort of emotional state, that that underlying mindset that is uh, uh, sort of held on to by all real New Yorkers. Uh, and it, it happened in the news this morning. You know, sooner or later, sooner or later, it, it's, you know, that kind of thing. Um. Uh, were every the, the, one of the big stories of, of the last several days has been the, uh, the the mass murder, the mass shooting that took place um, in where was it not in Mont It was it Monterey Park or somewhere in you know in Southern California near LA and it was two different dance studios, both of which, Uh, were used largely by the Asian populations. One guy with a grudge, apparently uh, East Asian himself, basically shows up and begins shooting people in one, kills 11 people, injures another 10, walks away, goes to the next dance studio, is about to do it all over again, and some young heroic guy gets the gun out of his hand we've barely begun the standard mourning process. And 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 this is a process. It's a it's pretty much a, a ritualistic sort of way in which the stuff is reported, how we talk about the dead, when, uh, who comes on air, does a press story, who gives an updating, a briefing. <clears throat> There's not a whole lot to update or brief. Usually the gunman has committed suicide. There's questions about motive and everything else, and it goes on and on. It's, it's a ritual. It's a damned ritual disgusting ritual a horrible ritual a a a a a, a Dreadfully American ritual of late. It happens continually. Uh, we we if we haven't had a good mass shooting, uh, you know, and I, uh, forgive me for putting those words together that way. Well, you just know there's one coming. We just try not to notice it. That's basically what it comes down to. But somewhere in our in the national equivalent of our minds of a New Yorker's uh, dark dark sense of humor slash mentality we know that something negative is coming and by God it always does manage to show up especially when it comes when it has to do with with guns as uh, you know most killings in America apparently do well as I say I, I, I got some interesting news this morning um, and and there was more talk about the the last mass murder. But apparently, it seems, in California, again, uh, th- there had been uh, another mass shooting, mass killing. And this time, it, it moved up the coast. It moved up from the L.A. area to the San Francisco area. Uh, by the, and, and, and by the way, for, for what it's worth... Uh, there's, there's a beautiful drive for you. My, my wife and I, we drove up from, um, from San Diego up to see some folks up in, in San Francisco a few years back, now, you know, just a, maybe two, three years ago. And uh, in, in November, it happened to have been very warm in, in, San, in, in, in L.A. It, it, it cooled down a bit in, in uh, San Francisco, although it can be very warm in San Francisco in October and November, believe it or not. But uh, it was lovely. And the drive, of course, is wonderful. And then there's all these beautiful communities around uh, San Francisco that you don't hear a lot about. But just be, 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 be aware that it's dotted with these small, idyllic communities on the Pacific, all over the place. You're you're on the edge of farm territory also, right nearby, uh, when you're in the San Francisco area. And and one of those small, idyllic places uh, is a place called Half Moon Bay. Now, why would I have known Half Moon Bay? Well... Um, a a a good friend, uh, a a a high school, uh, a high school chum, as it were, uh, has spent a good number of decades out there. He and his wife and has raised a family, uh, and they have a house. I gather. Uh, I don't know if they're within eyeshot, I think they're within eyeshot of the of the of the bay itself. Uh, he is a prolific photographer. Well, he's a he's a he, first. He's a he's a practicing psychiatrist for, for what it's worth. There, uh, but on top of all that, uh, he is a, a a marvelous marvelous portrait painter, and a uh, as one would think, if, if one has the eye for portraiture uh, with paint, you also have to have a pretty good eye for photography. He's a hell of a great photographer. So we have a group of guys uh, uh, that I stay in touch with uh, uh, our friend and his name is Richard well his, his name is Richard also uh, has sent and regularly sends these magnificent photographs uh, especially I, I'm especially fond of the photographs of of half Moon Bay in the winter, and, and just how it changes some color. It, nothing ever goes totally brown out there. There's always some green. Something is growing. There's some palm trees nearby, although Half Moon Bay doesn't seem to be overly palm tree laden. It's not, it's not like San Francisco where the palms seem to have been pretty much dropped into place. I, I've never felt the palm trees felt Completely natural to me in San Francisco, but they're there. It's it's part of the landscape downtown. It's there uh, in, in in a lot of parks. You're always seeing palm trees. The the redwoods always seem far more natural. But but the thing about Half Moon Bay has been the idyllic feel, and Rich's photographic eye has always portrayed the the most beautifully open parts of it and and the stories he tells about the people he knows and the traditions that have developed there and the nature of the people and the kindnesses and the and the connection and the historic nature of it and just the beauty of being in this place and all of this from a guy who has just nothing less than a beautiful soul. All of this happening in Half Moon Bay, California. Well, if you've listened to the news today, you've learned something else about Half Moon Bay right near San Francisco. It is now and shall forever be added to that list, that horrible list in America, of sites of mass gun violence killing there has been a mass murder a mass killing a mass shooting a uh, apparently a uh, a guy uh, from uh, a guy, a, a, someone who worked at a mushroom farm, and, and, and I can only, mushroom farm makes perfect sense there. If you need moisture and everything else, you're near the bay, you got all that, you, and the temperature, I guess, stays consistent. Um, there are mushroom farms uh, near uh, Half Moon Bay or in Half Moon Bay, apparently in Half Moon Bay within the area. And a worker from one of those farms uh, will 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 go through the will go through the ritual. Shortly enough, uh, there hasn't been enough time for the full ritual to play out. We have to find out what his beef was. It winds up okay. He was he was a, a visually of East Asian descent. Uh, and this was another curious thing about the last mass murder, gun murder, that just took place in, uh, in, uh, a few days ago in California. It was another East Asian shooting up places where other East Asians were. So, gee golly, we don't have, or at least we don't seem to have, the, uh, the, the racial motivation there, the hate crime motivation uh, that, that, that unticks one of our normal boxes for how we process these things, so that we can process them. But now we have two Asians shooting up places, both allegedly, apparently without racial animus being the issue, but apparently the guy who just did the shootings in Half Moon Bay at the mushroom farms was a worker at at least one of them. And clearly had a beef, and and we'll be getting we'll be getting uh, at some point this morning. It's still very early here. It's still dark here on the East Coast. Um, we'll be getting the stories from uh, uh, maybe it'll be an overnight story. There'll be a uh, no, undoubtedly a local sheriff. There'll be a detective. There'll be someone from California state government. They'll get on there. It'll be a tragedy. Everybody will be referencing the fact that this is back to back with the last killing where 11 were killed. This one is six, six, six people. How horrible. We'll pray for the victims. We'll hope. We will give them hope, blah, blah, blah. blah. And, and, and the ritual will go on. The ritual continues. It's, and it's just suddenly uh, the difference being that it has now affected a place And a guy undoubtedly i'll I'll hopefully be in touch with rich today and 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 that i kind of look to as a a refuge of beauty a refuge of peace and tranquility and it's something um, that i've come to really appreciate about rich that he has this capacity to communicate both verbally and in written way, and in his art, and in his photography, what peace and beauty is and should be all about. And it's centered in his life around Half Moon Bay. And now Half Moon Bay is the locus of yet just another just another American mass murder. And I I don't know how all this is going to play out. I I don't know. I, I don't know how Rich is going. Well, you know, Rich is a, yeah, he's a professional psychiatrist. He's very smart, blah, blah, blah. I've known my share of doctors and psychiatrists and every other thing, and I know plenty of lawyers. And being in the profession doesn't mean that you automatically get the benefits of what you would offer to a client. Uh, Quite often, it's quite the opposite. Uh, You are skilled and trained in how to deal with other people's issues. Yes, dealing with your own is a starting point for many things, but your value in society uh, is in helping others. Then there's the question of what happens when something happens in your own life. And, and that's why God made friends. That's why he made people... Uh, who love you and care about you. That's why he made wives of decades and decades and husbands of decades and decades, if you're fortunate enough to be in that situation. Uh, That's why you simply call up or you contact someone and you say, how do you feel? And you don't say, you know, by the way, Rich, you're a psychiatrist, could you please uh, put some perspective on this? No, you're a guy who lives in a beautiful area who has shared the beauty of that with all of us, your friends for, for decades, uh, uh, in your work, in your writings, in your, in your photography, in your art, and suddenly now this horrible curse on America, this, uh, it's, been, it's been aptly referred to as the Second Amendment Suicide Pact that we have, that we live under in this country, this this insane uh, notion that somehow we are stuck with the Second Amendment and can't do a damn thing about it, mostly because you have a group of, let's let's call it where it is, a bunch of Republican politicians uh, who are in the pockets of the gun lobby and the large gun manufacturers and the NRA, if it really had that much strength anymore, but afraid to move and afraid, of course, of the wackiest of their constituents out there who want to have unfettered access to everything, no real controls, no nothing. The, the notion that America in 2023 can still be subject to this kind of insanity, this kind of wanton killing, this type of, this type of just, oh, murder du jour, simply because our laws won't let us do anything to prevent it, we have to keep ourselves in this position, is, is psychosis at best. It is, it is sociopathological to suggest that we can't find a way out of this. If we had any brains, if we had any guts, if we had the balls... If the Republicans could get their heads out of their asses and basically stop being afraid of the worst of them. what what we're seeing here, this is just a replication of what uh, Kevin and 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 the children in, in in the in the Congress went through a few days ago with the 14 or 15 votes and how the loonies basically now have control of the asylum and how basically everything is beholden to the nut jobs. We saw it unwind with Kevin McCarthy and his pals, and basically this is on a larger scale, nationally based, with the gun lobbies, with the large gun manufacturers, with the people who are making money left and right off basically keeping America in a absolutely death spiral suicide pact with the Second Amendment at its center. We can't do a thing about it. Well, damn it to hell, the Australians did. A few years back, when they got sick and tired of people killing people, they went ahead and instantly passed a law. And the law said, guns are gone. Get them out of here. You have X amount of time to give your guns in. Because, you know why? Because too many people are dying from them. And by the way, no matter how we try to mess around and control this and do a background check on that and try to make sure, it's the presence of guns and the ability of those guns to pass from one person who might be perfectly uh, capable of using them into the hands of somebody who was not, somebody who was unstable, or perhaps a person who bought them and was stable, suddenly is no longer stable. And the common thing in all of the damage done afterwards was the goddamn gun. Get rid of the damn, well, no, no, guns don't kill people. Yes, people with guns can and do and will and continue to kill. The only way around this will not be through half measures to mollify those who basically have to be kept on board because we're afraid to offend the craziest among us. Now, we are going eventually, I I don't know when it's going to happen, but we are going to have to go the Australian route. We are basically going to have to say one day, damn it, enough. And there's going to have to be enough strength in our congressional uh, setup in Washington at a national level to simply say, that's it, goodbye, these are gone. Guns are history. I don't care if you want to do target practice. I don't care what the hell's going on. Anyone with the right to have a gun, it will be so bloody restricted that basically you're going to have to have lock on top of lock on top of lock. Unrestricted open carry? Forget about it. Not in your wildest, damnedest dreams. All of you Crazy West macho types and everything out there, you Arizona loonies, you Texas freaks who basically think that the only way you can express your masculinity is by having a gun strapped to your side and feeling like it's the Wild West. Goodbye! No more. It doesn't work that way anymore. You can't have it because people will get killed. Ca- oh, yeah, you're going to try to take my guns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to do exactly what? Do, do a mass murder because you're upset about the fact that someone is taking away the vehicle by which mass murders are committed in this country? Wake the hell up, everybody. Enough of this crap. This is how it'll happen. Oh, don't you dare. Don't you touch the Second Amendment. Damn it. Screw the Second Amendment. Screw the goddamn Second Amendment. It was there for one purpose only, it was there to keep the British the hell out of our houses, it was there to basically make sure that we couldn't, the British couldn't stop people from hunting for dinner. Essentially, finding, using their weapons as a mechanism for primarily having food, but secondly, and this is, what the, this is what the amendment says. No one wants to read the full Second Amendment. It was there in order to have a militia. And the militia was there in order to protect us from potential British or any other occupation by a foreign source on our soil. That's why the Second Amendment was there. That's why Congress could not prohibit the use of and the ownership of guns. But when you take away the predicate... Common sense, forget law, just take away the predicate. We don't have British occupying our people. We don't have anyone coming in and occupying America and taking away your guns as a method, meca- as a mechanism by which we could or- organize as a militia or acquire our food or truly protect our family. It's not there. The predicate, the entire concept of the Second Amendment has fallen apart. It's not there. And so we continue, though, in the in the in the need to mollify the gun lobbyists and the gun own, and the gun owners, the crazies, and the gun manufacturers. We keep reading something, seeing something that isn't there in the Second Amendment. We do legal cases. We take things to the Supreme Court, and we make things up. Just the way Alito made up the logic of getting rid of Roe v. Wade. We made up the logic of the Heller case basically permitting the guns to still be in America when the clear language of the Second Amendment says this is only because... We need a militia to keep people, soldiers from foreign countries, from coming into your house. We don't organize militias anymore this way. The predicate no longer exists. The law, the constitutional statement is no longer valid, and somehow... We just can't bring ourselves to see logic, fact, reality. Everything is there. Every possible predicate for changing our situation is in place. But we can't do it. Because we basically have developed this, we are afraid of our own fear, of being afraid, of being fearful, about frightened, about guns. And we might need the guns in order to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves from being afraid about people who have guns, who can't help but have guns. Because the Second Amendment, and it goes in this wacky, weird, death spiral logic that takes us back to the next killing and the next killing and the ones you don't hear about every week and the crap that happens that basically takes something as beautiful as Half Moon Bay and puts it on a list of places of slaughter. The only way out of this is going to be a cold turkey kick. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be cold turkey. It's going to be where there's no way, there's no half measures to stop the violence. We, we can pretend that we'll basically, well, we'll tolerate oh, maybe statistically half as many uh, killings a week. We'll, we'll put in slightly more, re- yes, we put in legislation. Uh, yeah, it was a great bunch of legislation that, that made it through the Senate that was signed into law a few weeks ago and it was a step forward a step forward that basically basically just destroyed the image of half moon bay forever even with that step, because we have porous borders, we have open borders between our states, and you can't do anything. If one state is going to basically allow something that's insane and it involves guns, well, it's gonna leak across the border. If one state is being very, very lax about preventing uh, guns, illegal guns from coming in, it's gonna, it's gonna leech across the border. Whatever was done in Congress, a few weeks back is basically just barely a Band-Aid. It's a good thing. It's wonderful that everybody got together, but, but come on, guys, you just had two more mass. We just heard, because we're hearing them on TV, and how many more killings would there be? And I look at where I am. I, I look at the beautiful, the beautiful village that I live in over here, and <sighs> half Bay, the other side of the country. It could happen anywhere. If it could happen in Half Moon Bay, by God, it could happen anywhere. And the only, only, only way out of this is cold turkey. Give in your guns. You don't need them. Here's the time frame. We'll start giving you psychological training. We'll start basically giving you all kinds of withdrawal, whatever we need. I don't know what we have to do for you. But God damn it, yes, you're going to give in your guns. You don't need it. You don't need assault weapons. Start there. And we had started there until the law sunset, 10 years after it went in, and George W. Bush, Bush, you know, the second Bush president, in, in, in deference to the lobbyists, in deference to the gunmen, nope, 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 the, the law is going to sunset. I will not re-up it. Everybody thought he was going to re-up the law and keep assault weapons out of production and out of the hands of people. Nope, no, 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 no. You know, there's perfectly good reason to have assault weapons. Boy, people may need to use them uh, for, 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 you know, for target practice, <laughs> or 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 deer hunt, or squir- squirrel hunting. Yeah, yeah. That that that's 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 always great. Oh, oh, and you can you can do a mass killing too if you like. It's they're always they're always useful for what they were made to do. No, 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 no. My my guns, my God, my guns, and my president. Oh, I remember hearing that all the time. This is stupidity. And 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 we will eventually find our way to the um, <laughs> to hopefully living up to Winston Churchill's assessment of us. And this was made towards the end of the Second World War. I believe it was made around the time of the Yalta Conference. I have to check this out. And and it could also be one of these apocryphal sort of things that it never was really said, but it's sort of out there in the it's out there in the culture and the literature. Winston Churchill is said to have said that Americans will always do the right thing after they've exhausted every other option. I. I find that it, it it's in in the current context it's uh it, it's weird it's it's sick it's 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 a sick joke in a way. the context at the time had to do with the i believe the way uh, it was leadership of the forces uh, in the mopping up operations towards the end of the second world war, but in the current iteration of America and with the the foolishness that we've allowed to uh, pervade and, and, and basically unfettered in the wake of, of Trump and Trumpism, and the fact that the crazies have been allowed to come out from under the rocks where they're supposed to stay normally, and now the crazies, in many instances, are in charge of the asylum. Basically, we have to find a way to uncrazy ourselves and to recognize that this Second Amendment, this American Suicide Pact, is not only unnecessary, it is basically legally outmoded. It was wrongfully decided in the Heller decision. If Heller was wrong, well, if, 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 if Roe v. Wade was wrong, well then Heller can be wrong too, you know. It was a misreading of the Constitution. The legal reasoning was bizarre. It came down to we're gonna give, we gotta give our pound of flesh to the gun lobbyists. We don't, because all we wind up doing is giving more and more pounds of flesh to the earth via senseless, insane killings in a society that has as many guns as people, hundreds of millions of them floating around our country. It's got to end. And it's got to end not with a half measure, not with a uh, we'll do this gradually, no. It simply has to end. When will that happen? When will we finally say enough? When will Americans finally do the right thing? How many more, how, how much more can we experiment with doing half measures and the wrong things? When will Americans do the right thing? How how much? How many more options must we exhaust before we finally do the right thing and get past the Second Amendment suicide pact? I don't know. I don't have an answer, but we will have to go there eventually, or that will be part of our epitaph. Let's take a break. A little jazz. yeah you know what's at stake and i know we all know we can count on you on behalf of all of us at center left radio thank you you're listening to center left radio the progressive voice of hope politics and jazz and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio one word centerlefttalkradio.com uh, uh, Maybe this is not a perfect analogy to what we were talking about in our, in our first session, and our first segment there, about, about guns and the insanity and the suicide pact that we seem to have based around the Second Amendment. But, well, let's, let, let me try this out on you. Um, there were four convictions yesterday in, uh, in federal court and the convictions involved members of the Oath Keepers uh, who had been uh, storming the Capitol, who had been involved in all kinds of crap uh, on January 6th, who basically were basically looking to keep Donald Trump in office, et cetera, et cetera, and were willing to do anything and everything to make it happen. Not that being convicted of, of wrongful acts on January 6th is something novel. Uh, hundreds of people have been convicted and jailed for their activities on January 6th already. The interesting thing with these four convictions is that they involved the charge against them. What the jury found that they had been guilty of was seditious conspiracy. This is a biggie. This is, this is something that rarely gets used in American law. It, it, it dates from after the Civil War. And it was a charge that was basically put on the books uh, to, to as a way of of corralling in uh, the activities of people who it was feared would continue to fight against the United States once the Civil War had ended. People who would still try to go and, and break the union and shoot the do anything to stop it. And and the notion behind seditious conspiracy was it was actions or or plans to prevent the lawful functioning of government. And 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 the specifics of the of the of the law, I'm not gonna take you into it. But but it's a suffice it to say it's a high bar legally. It's it's rarely been used. I think it was it was used it was used back in nineteen fifty four. There were a group of, of um of people who were Puerto Rican uh, uh, independence people and four people actually tried or got into the Capitol one day uh, and they were stopped immediately uh, and they were tried and convicted under seditious conspiracy. Other than that, I think this has mostly been used in the 19th century. It has just not been used a whole hell of a lot. Now, to get a conviction there, you really, really, really have to clear the highest hurdles in the whole world. Well, the Justice Department has done that. Got four guys convicted on this. Okay, Donald Trump remains scot-free. Same Justice Department that just did these convictions against four Oath Keepers for seditious conspiracy and hundreds of other people who have been convicted, and many of them jailed. Donald Trump, the reason for all of this, the guy who called people to Washington, the guy who perpetuated the lie that he had not been properly, uh, that he had been cheated out of the election, the guy who said that only by showing force could we possibly... Basically, stop this horrible travesty uh, on January 6th, the counting of the electoral votes that Mike Pence was basically a wimp and he was he was unconstitutional the guy who was at the heart and soul of the stuff that turned into a charge of seditious conspiracy. The reason for the seditious, consp- seditious conspiracy uh, uh, you know uh, uh, basically finding. On the part of the jury against these four people, he remains scot-free. The case against him uh, for uh, the Mar-a-Lago uh, documents, which is airtight, but basically because Joe Biden somehow, some way, uh, in some kind of a hair-brained uh just poorly poorly handled thing finds himself with other documents everybody knows exactly how this will be worked out when the special prosecutors in both cases come down at the end on this entire thing both one, one will be utterly different than the other Joe Biden will say geez, that was sloppy they'll, that's what they'll Joe that was sloppy on your or at least on someone on your staff's part Donald basically you, no you were you, basically that was a conspiracy Donald you basically were sitting there there was an attempt to obstruct justice. You did obstruct justice. You lied to the FBI. Blah. blah. We know how the differences will play out on this. Donald remains free. Now, if after getting seditious conspiracy convictions on four members of the Oath Keepers, who were there doing Donald's bidding. Anyone with half a brain knows that's what... Why were they? Well, they were there basically because they heard that Disney was opening up another version of Small World in the Capitol, and they just wanted to be the first online to see it's a small... And hear that. uh, They love when those little animatronic things sing. It's a small... world. No, they were there because Donald said you've got to be there to stop people from taking away my election from me. It was a lie. It basically was organizing a mob. Everything you want, it's there. Everybody saw it on TV. We all know it's there. The only thing emboldening Trump and his and his cronies at this point is the fact that somehow the guy is still walking away, walking around without even, not even an ankle monitor on. He's not even wearing an ankle bracelet right now. The man is walking free. He is free and clear. His passports are with him. He has nothing preventing him from basically going bye-bye and running away. And he just goes on and he promotes everything and says whatever he wants. He laughs at this entire process. I'm sure he's scared to death. He's one of the most frightened human beings on earth. But he's able to put up the bravura and put up the front that keeps his people keeps throwing red meat to the crazies. If, if our Attorney General, if Merrick Garland does not in short order bring an action against Donald Trump, if he doesn't move to indict on something either Mar-a-Lago related or January 6th related, then he will be seen as one of the weakest Attorney Generals in the history of this country. Because he'll be afraid to go after the big guy. It will be, it will, his legacy will be that he was afraid of Donald. That he was, that he was afraid of mixing it up and actually getting involved and in having to do what the law dictated. And all his protestations to the, to the contrary. I will go wherever the law leads, no one is above the law It's say, oh yeah? if fulton county if the district attorney of fulton county indicts donald trump for election tampering in that famous phone call and all the other activities and everything involved with the with the machines and, every, and all the other crap that donald was in the middle of and there's a airtight case it would appear there also if fulton county indicts before the justice department on this that reputation will follow Merritt Garland for the rest of his days, whether he wants it or not. And, 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 and all the protestations in the world, we are simply carefully organizing our case. And in the end, there may be, he may bring something, he may bring an indictment, but Fulton County will have the first crack. A local district atta- attorney, Fannie Wills, out of, out of Atlanta, Will have, taken the fir- will have had the first crack and will have the first conviction against Donald Trump. And the Attorney General of the United States, after bringing hundreds of suits against the people who were there, it will always go down in history as he was afraid to touch the big guy. And then the questions will be, why? Well, because you know uh, uh, you don't want to touch a president, it, it, it will it will without making law create legal precedent. And and Merritt, I can only beg you to recognize that right now. If Fannie Willis gets ahead of you on this and brings the indictment in Georgia before you bring yours, <coughs> you will be perceived as weak and feckless, I don't care how many seditious conspiracy convictions you may still pull. If the guy that it was all about, if the guy who basically called for it to happen, is still hanging out there after everything else you've done, don't come to me when your reputation is sullied forever. And don't complain to anybody when the role of justice in this country already half massacred by the insanity and the inaneness of our current Supreme Court composition, with the Roe v. Wade and everything else going on, we couldn't. Hey, we can't find who leaked the Roe v. Wade decision, or actually the the uh, the decision that was removing it. Back in, we, we, we've done a thorough investigate we don't know who did it. You know why? Because we know exactly, probably, the likelihood, is probably Clarence Thomas or Alito or somebody in there getting currying favor with their with their uh, uh, conservative friend. And, and by the way, and, and well, we don't know that. Well, maybe we, well, if you don't know, if you can't figure out in your own shop who leaks something, and pretty much anyone can, it's a small shop. Well, basically, then you're begging everybody to draw their own conclusions, and they will. And we are. Merritt, you got very, very little time to basically pull the switch on this. Because if Fannie Willis beats you to the punch on this and brings Donald in, you will make a further mockery of the justice system in this country. And we don't need that right now. What we need is some some credible action. And you're just going to have to basically bite the bullet. And if too many bullets start to fly once Donald basically is indicted, then maybe you bite the bullet again, and maybe we all get together and realize we have to do something about guns. Geez, there is sort of a connection here. There is sort of a larger circle, isn't there? Enough of this. Maybe that's when Winston Churchill's admonition to us, do the right thing, but only after you've exhausted all the options." Well, after we've watched crazies react to Donald's indictment, And we said, that's enough. No more excuses. Maybe that's what basically has to start. begin the process where we go and bite the bullet and do the Australian thing and say, that's it, they're gone. They go away. The Second Amendment is, in fact, a suicide pact. We're going to end this now. Merit? Sorry, man, you're at this point in history, you simply have to, like Arjun, in the Mahabharata, in, 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 in the Bhagavad Gita. You have no choice but to act. You must remove yourself from the sense of consequence. You must remove yourself from the emotions and the fears that go with it and recognize the necessity of action. It's a, it's, it's a strange thing. We don't expect that of religious texts. But this is what the Mahabharata. Well, this is what the Bhagavad Gita is all about. This is this is the story. When you have to do things that seem at complete odds with being peaceful and loving and kind, but when you must take action, when action is demanded, in the name of what is right, in the name of what is best, that within its immediate time frame seems to be horrible uh, arjun had to had to go to war against his cousins against his own family horrible thing but it had to happen it was going to happen and krishna manifestation of god says accept it this basically is the way of the world You must do what you must. You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do the right thing, not necessarily after you've exhausted every other option. You simply must do the right thing because guess what? It's the right thing. I don't want to do it, says Krishna. This is my family. But is it the right thing? Says Krishna. Says Arjun. I don't want to do it. I, I I can't. I can't. It's a horrible situation. They, oh, the, the writing was brilliant. The thought was brilliant. My God, the worst possible. This is my family. I, I grew with these people. I love these people. I have to go to war against them? Circumstances had made it that way. And the answer that Krishna gives Arjuna is yes. Because this is simply what needs to be. You can't just walk away from it. We are compelled to do the right thing. We don't, and I'll add this, I don't think it says this in the Mahabharata or in the, or in the Bhagavad Gita, but we, <laughs> you don't get to try out every other, or, or keep adding new options to wait and see and wait and wait see when somehow enough people will say around, well, you know, you've tried every option. We'll understand if you do the right thing now. It doesn't work that way. You've got to do the right thing when the right thing is called for. The right thing at the wrong time may wind up being a useless thing. Honestly, think about that. The right thing is really only the right thing when it's done at the right time. This is the right time, Merit. Begin this process. It's going to be frightening. Don't spare spare us And for God's sake, don't spare yourself. Do what your office requires. No more of this, no, 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 it's a slow plotting. No, you just did four seditious conspiracy convictions. And the guy who's responsible for all of them is out there walking free. Don't let Fanny Willis beat you to the punch on this thing, because if you do, it'll only get worse. It'll only get worse. Merrick Garland, do the right thing, and do it now. There's a thought. The right thing at the right time. I think right now would be a very good time for a little more jazz. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. There have been... four convictions for seditious conspiracy, Merrick Garland, do the thing that you must do, convict Trump. There have been too many killings of guns. The Second Amendment is a suicide pact. Congress, do what you must do. But do it now, because doing the right thing at the wrong time can be just as dangerous as not doing it at all.